सो नाउ वी गो टू चैप्टर ट्वेल्व ऑफ श्रीमद भागवतम कैंटो वन सो हियर वी आर गोइंग टू टॉक अबाउट बर्थ ऑफ एम्पर परीक्षित सो इट इज ओनली नाउ दैट वी आर गेटिंग इन टू द एक्चुअल टॉपिक ऑफ भागवतम सो जस्ट टू गिव यू अ प्रिल्यूड द सेजस असेंबल्ड इन द फॉरेस्ट ऑफ नाइमिशारण्या एंड दे इंक्वाइड फ्रॉम सूता गोस्वामी अबाउट बर्थ ऑफ महाराजा परीक्षित but in due course of narration the other topics like release of brahmastra by son of drona his punishment by arjuna queen kunti devi's prayers pandava's visit to place where bhishma deva was lying his prayers and thereafter the lord's departure for dwaraka were discussed his arrival at dwaraka with residing his, and residing with his 16000 queens were also narrated the sages were absorbed in hearing such descriptions and now they want to return to the original topic and thus the inquiry was made by saunaka rishi so the subject of the release of brahmastra weapon by ashwatthama is renewed here so text 1 saunaka uvacha अश्वत्थामोपसृष्टेन ब्रह्मशीष्णोतेजसा उत्तराया हतो गर्भ ईर्षेना जीवितः पुनः द सेज सावनका सेड द वूम ऑफ उत्तरा मदर ऑफ महाराजा परीक्षित वॉज स्पॉइल्ड बाय द ड्रेटफुल एंड इनविन्सिबल ब्रह्मास्त्रा वेपन रिलीज्ड बाय अश्वत्थामा but maharaja parikshit was saved by the supreme lord text 2 tasya janma mahabuddhehe karmani cha mahatmanah nidhanam cha yathaivasit sapretya gatavan yatha how was the great emperor parikshit who was a highly intelligent and great devotee born in that womb how did his death take place and what did he achieve after his death the king of hastinapura now delhi used to be the emperor of the world and at least till the time of the son of emperor parikshit maharaja parikshit was saved by the lord in the womb of his mother so he could certainly be saved from an untimely death due to the ill will of the son of a brahmana isn't it he was named parikshit because the lord got into the womb of uttara after the brahmastra was put by ashwatthama and the lord with his eyes did a parikrama around the womb so parikshit because pari means going around the lord actually saved him with his eyes by just looking at him so this is why you know it is similar to in matsya avatara just like how a fish can look after its offsprings just by seeing looking at the offsprings the lord saved parikshit by just looking at him with his eyes with his lotus eyed eyes and that is why he was named as parikshit this is an extra information that i am sharing so because the age of kali began to act just after the assumption of power by maharaja parikshit the first sign of misgivings were exhibited in the cursing of such a highly intelligent and devoted king as maharaja parikshit so this is actually the first symptom of kali where you know the good and the intelligent people the devoted people undergo sufferings in life so this is a question that many of us have already always had why such person who is 
so learned and who is so devoted undergoing this much of suffering or curse this is actually the symptom of kali and this is exactly uh, what happened to maharaja parikshit soon after the age of kali had started so the king is actually the protector of the helpless citizens and their welfare peace and prosperity depend on him unfortunately by the instigation of the fallen age of kali an unfortunate brahmana's son was employed to condemn the innocent maharaja parikshit and so the king had to prepare himself for death within 7 days maharaja parikshit is especially famous as one who's protected by vishnu and when he was unduly cursed by a brahmana's son he could have invoked the mercy of the lord to save him because the lord had already saved him during his birth now what stopped maharaja parikshit to invoke the mercy of vishnu to save him once again when the brahmana's son had cursed him but parikshit did not want this because he was a pure devotee a pure devotee never asked the lord for any undue favor maharaja parikshit knew that the curse of brahmana's son upon him was unjustified as everyone else knew but he did not want to counteract it because he knew also that the age of kali had begun and that is the first symptom of the age namely degradation of the highly talented brahmana community had also begun he did not want to interfere with the current of the time but he prepared himself to meet death very cheerfully and very properly being unfortunate he got at least sorry being fortunate he got at least 7 days to prepare himself to meet death so we don't know how many days we have so but parikshit maharaja parikshit knew that he had 7 days we may be having less than 7 days or more than 7 days so what we need to do is we need to be prepared to meet our death very cheerfully and very properly and we need to properly utilize this time just like how maharaja parikshit did he properly utilized the time in the association of sukhadeva goswami the great saint and devotee of the lord text 3 तदिदं श्रोतुमिच्छामो गति यदति मनसे ब्रूहि नद्धानदाचुक वी ऑल रेस्पेक्टफुली वॉन्ट टू हियर अबाउट हिम दट इज महाराजा परीक्षित टू होम सुखदेव गोस्वामी इंपार्टेड ट्रांसेंडेंटल नॉलेज प्लीज स्पीक ऑन दिस मैटर Sukhadeva Goswami imparted transcendental knowledge to Maharaja Parikshit during the remaining 7 days of his life and Maharaja Parikshit heard him properly just like an ardent student the effect of such a bona fide hearing and chanting of Shrimad Bhagavatam was equally shared by both the hearer and the chanter and both of them were benefited out of the nine different transcendental means of devotional service to the lord prescribed in bhagavatam either all of them or some of them or even one of them are equally beneficial if properly discharged maharaja parikshit and sukhadeva goswami were serious performers of the first two important items namely the process of chanting and process of hearing and therefore both of them were successful in their laudable attempt
and that is exactly what we are also doing here there is a process of chanting going on from my side and there is a process of hearing which is going on from your side therefore both of us will be successful in this attempt transcendental realization is attained by such serious hearing and chanting and not otherwise the sages recited shrimad bhagavatam in devotion and the great king heard him properly the sages of naimisharanya were very respectful in hearing about maharaja parikshit because of his receiving knowledge from sukhadeva goswami by means of ardent hearing text 4 suta uvacha api pala dharma rajah pitruvad ranjayan prajah nisrpah sarvakamebhyah krishna padanu sevaya Shri Suta Goswami said Emperor Yudhishthira administered generously to everyone during his reign he was exactly like his father he had no personal ambition so here they are talking about Maharaja Yudhishthira and Maharaja Yudhishthira was freed from all sorts of sense gratification because of his continuous service onto the lotus feet of Lord Shri Krishna There is a need for the science of Krishna in human society for all the suffering humanity of the world and we simply request the leading personalities of all nations to take to the science of Krishna for their own good for the good of the society and for good of all people of the world so it is confirmed herein by the example of maharaja yudhishthira the personality of goodness in india people hanker after rama rajya because the personality of godhead was the ideal king and all the other kings and emperors in india controlled the destiny of the world for the prosperity of every living being who took birth on the earth here in the word praja is significant on the earth there are many species of life from the aquatics up to the perfect human beings and all are known as prajas lord brahma the creator of this particular universe is known as prajapati because he is the grandfather of all who has who have taken birth thus praja is used in a broader sense than it is now used the king represents all living beings the aquatics the plants trees reptiles birds animals and man every one of them is a part and parcel of the supreme lord and the king being the representative of the supreme lord is duty bound to give protection to every one of them so first we had lord rama ruling with rama rajya the next personality of goodness was maharaja yudhishthira in the dwapara yuga and the and the uh, i mean the age of kali had started with the rule of maharaja parikshit this is not the case with the presidents and dictators of this demoralized system of administration where the lower animals are given no protection while the higher animals are given so called protection but this is the great science which can be learned only by one who knows the science of krishna by knowing the science of krishna one can become most perfect man in the world and unless one has the knowledge in this science all qualifications and doctorate diplomas acquired by academic education are spoiled and useless maharaja yudhishthira knew the science of krishna very well and for it is stated here that by continuous cultivation of the science or by continuous devotional service to lord krishna he acquired the qualification of administering the state 
the father is sometimes seemingly cruel to the son but that does not mean that the father has lost the qualification to be a father a father is always a father because he always has the good of the son at his heart the father wants every one of his sons to become better than himself therefore a king like maharaja yudhishthira who was the personality of goodness wanted everyone under his administration especially the human beings who have better developed consciousness to become devotees of lord krishna so that everyone can become free from the struggles of the material existence so here a father a king a leader they are all equated in the same way so uh, uh, just like how maharaja yudhishthira wanted goodness for everybody and this is what how a leader should be a leader should always want his his disciples or his teammates to do better than himself so there must be an element of selflessness whether you are a father or you are a king or you are a leader the common quality here is being selfless his motto of administration was good for all citizens as a personified goodness he knew perfectly well that is that what is actually good for them so as an ideal king he had no personal ambition so as a father or as a king or as a leader we need not have any kind of personal ambition and there was no place for sense gratification because all his senses at all times were engaged in the loving service of supreme lord which includes the partial service to the living beings who form the part and parcels of the complete whole those who are busy rendering service to the parts and parcels leaving aside the whole only spoil the time and energy as one does when watering the leaves of the tree without watering the root if the water is poured on the root the leaves are enlivened perfectly and automatically but if the water is poured on the leaves only the whole energy is spoiled so therefore maharaja yudhishthira therefore was constantly engaged in the service of the lord and thus the parts and parcels of the lord the living beings under his careful administration were perfectly attended with all comforts in this life and all progress in the next that is the way of perfect management of state administration om namo bhagavate vasudevaya om namo bhagavate vasudevaya om namo bhagavate vasudevaya narayanam namaskrityam नरम चरोतम देवी सरस्वती व्यास तथो जय मुदीर श्रीमद्भागवत कैंटो वन चैप्टर ट्वेलव बर्थ ऑफ एंपर परीक्षित टेक्स्ट फाइव संपद कृतवो लोका महिषी भ्रातरो मही जंबूद्वीपाधिपत्यम चिदिव ग्यूज इवन रीच दिलेस्टियल प्लैनेट्स अबउट महाराजा युधिष्ट्रास वर्ल्डली पोसीशंस द सैक्रिफाइसेस बाय विच ही वुड अटेन अ बेटर डेस्टिनेशन हिस् क्वीन हिस् टॉल वॉट ब्रदर्स हिस् एक्सटेन्सिव लैंड हिस् सोवरिटी ओवर द प्लैनेट अर्थ एंड हिस् फेम एक्सेट्रा only a rich and great man's name and fame are known all over the world 
and the name and fame of Maharaja Yudhishthira reached the higher planets because of his good administration, worldly possessions, a glorious wife Draupadi and strength of his brothers Bhima and Arjuna and his solid sovereign power over the world known as Jambu Dvipa. Here the word Loka is significant. There are different Lokas or higher planets scattered all over the sky, both material and spiritual. A person can reach them by dint of his work in his present life as stated in Bhagavad Gita. No forceful entrance is allowed, allowed there. The tiny material scientists and engineers who have discovered vehicles to travel over a thousand miles to outer space will not be allowed entrance. One must qualify himself to enter into such happy planets by sacrifice and service. Those who are sinful in every step of life can expect only to be degraded into animal life to suffer more and more the pangs of material existence. And this is also stated in Bhagavad Gita. Maharaja Yudhishthira's good sacrifices and qualifications were so lofty and virtuous that even the residents of the higher celestial planets were already prepared to receive him as one of them. Text 6 Kim te kamaha suraspaha mukunda manasodvijaha adir jarku mudam ragyaha shuditasya yathetare O Brahmanas, the opulence of the king was so enchanting that the denizens of heaven aspired for it. But because he was so absorbed in the service of the Lord, nothing could satisfy him except Lord's service. There are two things in the world which can satisfy living beings. When one is materially engrossed, he is satisfied only by sense gratification. But when one is liberated from the conditions of the material modes, he is satisfied only by rendering loving service for the satisfaction of the Lord. This means that the living being is constitutively a servitor and not the one who is served. Being illusioned by the conditions of the external energy, one falsely thinks himself to be served. But actually he is not served. He is the servant of the senses like lust, desire, anger, avarice, pride, madness and intolerance. When one is in this proper senses by attainment of spiritual knowledge, he realizes that he is not the master of the material world but is only a servant of the senses. At that time, he begs for the service of the Lord and thus becomes happy without one of the liberated souls and therefore for him there was no pleasure in the vast kingdom, good wife, obedient brothers, happy subjects and prosperous world. These blessings automatically follow for a pure devotee, even though the devotee does not aspire for them. The example set herein is exactly suitable. It is said that one who is hungry is never satisfied by anything other than food. So when one soul is elevated, he will only want the, uh, the devotional service to the Lord. That will be the only thing which will be able to satisfy him. Just like how food can satisfy someone who is hungry. Like that. So Maharaja Yudhishthira was so much engrossed in the devotional service to the Lord that all his opulence, his uh, strengths in the form of his brothers and glorious wife were not seemingly very important to him, but it was only the service to Lord Krishna which seemed important to him. 
so the whole material world is full of hungry living beings the so it depends on what is one hungry for whether one is hungry for materialistic things in life or one is hungry for a spiritual whether it is a spiritual hunger or a materialistic hunger but everybody is definitely hungry the hunger is not for good food shelter or sense gratification the hunger is for spiritual atmosphere due to ignorance only they think that the world is dissatisfied because there is not sufficient food shelter defense and objects of sense gratification this is called an illusion when the living being is hungry for spiritual satisfaction his he is misrepresented misrepresented by material hunger but the foolish leaders cannot see that even people who are most sumptuously materially satisfied are still hungry so what is their hunger and poverty this hunger is actually for spiritual food spiritual shelter spiritual defense and spiritual sense satisf- sense gratification and these can be obtained in the association of the supreme spirit lord shri krishna and therefore one who has them cannot be attracted by the so called food shelter defense and sense gratification of the material world even if they are relished by the denizens of the heavenly planets therefore in bhagavad gita it is said by the lord that even in the topmost planet of the universe namely the brahma loka where the duration of life is multiplied by millions of years by earth calculation one cannot satisfy his hunger such hunger can be satisfied only when the living being is situated in immortality that is the moksha which is attained in the spiritual sky far far above the brahma loka and in association with lord mukunda the lord who awards his devotees the transcendental pleasure of liberation so that will be the ultimate pleasure text 7 matur garbhagato virha satada bhrugunandana dardarsha purusham kanchit dakhyamano stratejasa the son of bhrugu or saunaka when the child parikshit the great fighter was in the womb of his mother uttara and was suffering from the burning heat of brahmastra thrown by ashwatthama he could observe the supreme lord coming to him death generally involves remaining in trance for 7 months this is when the child is in the womb the death generally involves remaining in trance for 7 months a living being according to his own action is allowed to enter into the womb of a mother by vehicle of a father's semen and thus he develops his desired body this is the law of birth in specific bodies according to one's past actions when he is awake from the trance he feels the inconvenience of being confined within the womb and thus he wants to come out of it and sometimes fortunately prays to the lord for such liberation Maharaja Parikshit while in the womb of his mother was struck by Brahmastra released by Ashwatthama and he was feeling the burning heat but because he was a devotee of the lord the lord at once appeared himself within the womb by his all powerful energy and the child could see that someone else had come to save him even in that helpless condition the child Parikshit endured the unbearable temperature due to his being a great fighter by nature and for this reason 
the word viraha has been used in this shloka text 8 angushta matramamalam surat purat maulinam apivyadarshanam shyamam tadidvasa samuchutam he that this the lord was only thumb high that is angushtha bhyanamaha this angushtha means thumb size so the lord was only thumb size and he entered into the womb of uttara but he was still all transcendental had a very beautiful blackish infallible body and he wore a dress of lightning yellow and a helmet of blazing gold thus he was seen by the child टेक्स्ट नाइन श्रीमदीर्घचतुर्बाहुम तप्त कांचन कुंडल शतक्जाक्ष गाणीमात्मनोदिशं परिभ्रमंतमुलकाम गदामुहु द लॉर्ड वॉज एनरिच्ड विथ फोर हैंड्स इयरिंग्स ऑफ मोल्टन गोल्ड आईस ब्लड रेड विथ फ्यूरी as he loitered about his club constantly encircled him like a shooting star so now this name of parikshit was because pari means going around parikrama no going around is pari kshit akshit means ice so the lord was going around this child in the womb looking with his eyes looking around with his eyes and he was saved just by looking when lord was looking at parikshit he saved him with just his eyes and that is why he was named as parikshit now even as we saw in the previous shloka lord was just a thumb size but within that thumb size structure he had four arms he had earrings of molten gold his eyes were blood with fury because ashwatthama had put the brahmastra at a helpless womb the child in the womb was suffering so the lord was so angry and he loitered about his club constantly encircled him like a shooting star such is the mercy of the lord it is said in brahma samhita that supreme lord govinda by his one plenary portion enters into the halo of the universe and distributes himself as paramatma or the super soul not only within the heart of every living being but also within every atom of material elements thus the lord is all pervading by his inconceivable potency and thus he entered the womb of uttara to save his beloved devotee maharaja parikshit in bhagavad gita the lord assured everyone that his devotees are never to be vanquished no one can kill a devotee of the lord because he is protected by the lord and no one can save a person whom the lord decides to kill the lord is all powerful and therefore he can both save and kill as he likes he became visible to his devotee maharaja parikshit even in that awkward position that is in the womb of his mother in a shape just suitable for his for his vision the lord can become bigger than thousands of universes and can become smaller than an atom at the same time merciful as he is he becomes just suitable to the vision of the limited living being he is unlimited he is not limited by any measurement of our calculation he can become bigger than what we can think of and he can become smaller than what we can conceive but in all circumstances he is the same all powerful lord 
there is no difference between the thumb like vishnu in the womb of uttara and the full fledged narayana in the vaikuntha dhama the kingdom of godhead he accepts the form of archa vigraha that is the worshipable deity just to accept service from his different incapable devotees by the mercy of the archa vigraha the form of lord in material elements the devotees who are in the material world can easily approach the lord although he is not conceivable by the material senses the archa vigraha is therefore in all spiritual form of the lord to be perceived by the material devotees now this archa vigraha can be a vigraha which we have at home in our puja rooms so that archa vigraha is also as powerful as the lord himself so it depends on our bhava or our emotion towards the archa vigraha there is no difference between the matter and spirit of the lord although there is a gulf of difference between the two in the case of the conditioned living being for the lord there is nothing but spiritual existence and similarly there is nothing except spiritual existence for the pure devotee of the lord in his intimate relation with the lord Text 10 Astratejah Swagadaya Niharamiva Gopatihi Vidamantam Sannikarshai Paryaikshataka Ityasau The Lord thus was engaged in vanquishing the radiation of the Brahmastra just as the sun evaporates a drop of dew. He was observed by the child who thought about who he was. Text 11 विधूय तदमेयात्मा भगवान्धर्मघुप्विभु मिक्षतो दशमासस्य तत्रैवान्तर्धर्दैहरिहि वाइल दस बीइंग ऑब्जर्वड बाय द चाइल्ड द सुप्रीम पर्सनालिटी ऑफ गॉडहेड द सुपर सोल ऑफ एवरीवन एंड प्रोटेक्टर ऑफ द राइटियस हु स्ट्रेचेस इन ऑल डायरेक्शंस एंड हु इज अनलिमिटेड बाय टाइम एंड स्पेस डिसअपियर्ड एट वंस Child Parikshit was not observing a living being who is limited by time and space. There is a gulf of difference between the Lord and the individual being. The Lord is mentioned herein as a supreme living being unlimited by time and space. Every living being is limited by time and space. Even though a living being is qualitatively one with the Lord, quantitatively there is still a great difference between the supreme soul and the common individual soul. In Bhagavad Gita both the living beings and the supreme being are said to be all pervading yena sarvam idam tatam yet there is a difference between these two kinds of all pervasiveness a common living being or the soul can be all pervading within his own limited body but the supreme living being is all pervading in all space and all time A common living being cannot extend its influence over another living being by its all pervasiveness but the super soul the personality of god hits is unlimitedly able to exert his influence over all places and all times over all living beings and because he is all pervasive unlimited by time and space he can appear within the womb of the mother of the child parikshit he is mentioned herein as the protector of the righteous Anyone who is a surrendered soul into the supreme is righteous and he is specifically protected by lord in all circumstances the lord is the indirect protector of unrighteous also for he rectifies their sins through his external potency 
The Lord is mentioned herein as one who is dressed in ten directions. This means dressed with garments on ten sides, up and down. He is present everywhere and can appear and disappear at His will from everywhere and anywhere. His disappearance from the site of child Parikshit does not mean that He appeared on the spot from any other place. He was present there and even after His disappearance, He was there although He, is, he was invisible to the eyes of the child. The material covering of the effulgent firmament is also something like the womb of the mother nature and we are all put into the womb by the Lord, the father of all living beings. He is present everywhere even in this material womb of mother Durga and those who are deserving can see the Lord. Text 12 Tataha Sarvaguno Darkai Sanukula Grahodaye Jagye Vanshadaraha Pando Buryaha Pandur Vaujasa. Therefore, when all the good signs of the zodiac gradually evolved, the hair apparent of Pandu, who would be exactly like him in prowess, took birth. So Maharaja Parikshit was born. Astronomical calculations of stellar influences upon a living being are not suppositions but they are factual as confirmed in Srimad Bhagavatam. Every living being is controlled by the laws of nature at every minute just as a citizen is controlled by the influence of the state. As stated in Bhagavad Gita, every action of life produces another reaction which is binding upon us and only those who are acting on behalf of Yajna or Vishnu are not bounded by reactions. Our actions are judged by higher authorities, the agents of the Lord, and thus we are awarded bodies according to our activities. The law of nature is so subtle that every part of our body is influenced by the respective stars and a living being obtains his working full body to I mean, according to his terms of imprisonment by the manipulation of such astronomical influence. A man's destiny is therefore ascertained by the birth time constellation of stars and a factual horoscope is made by the learned astrologer. So astrology is definitely a great science, but the misuse of a science does not make it useless but it is being misused by the astrologers if they are not learned enough. Maharaja Parikshit or even the personality of Godhead appear in certain constellations of good stars and thus the influence is exerted upon the body thus born at an auspicious moment. Maharaja Parikshit was not only a great Kshatriya emperor but also a great devotee of the Lord. Thus he cannot take his birth at any inauspicious moment. As a proper place and time is selected to receive the respectful personage so as to receive such a personality as Maharaja Parikshit, who was especially cared for by the Supreme Lord, a suitable moment is chosen when all the good stars assemble together to exert their influence upon the king. Thus he took his birth just to be known as the great hero of Srimad Bhagavatam. This suitable arrangement of astral influences is never a creation of man's will, but it is the arrangement of the superior management of the agency of the Supreme Lord. Of course, the arrangement is made according to the good or the bad deeds of the living being. Herein lies the importance of pious acts performed by the living being. Only the pious acts 
can one be allowed to get good wealth good education and beautiful features the samskaras of the school of sanatana dharma are highly suitable for creating an atmosphere for taking advantage of good stellar influences and therefore the garbhadhana samskara or the first seedling purificatory process prescribed for the higher caste is the beginning of all pious acts to receive a good pious and intelligent class of men in human society there will be peace and prosperity in the world due to good and sane population only and there is hell and disturbance only because of the unwanted in insane populace addicted to sex indulgence भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय नारायणम नमस्कृत्यम नरम चैव नरोत्तमम देवीं सरस्वती व्यासम ततो जय मुदीरये हरे कृष्णा श्रीमद् भागवतम कैंटो 1 चैप्टर 12 बर्थ ऑफ एम्पायर परीक्षित हिम्स There is a need for a good and intelligent class of brahmanas who are expert in performing the purificatory processes prescribed in the system of varnashrama dharma. Unless such purificatory processes are performed there is no possibility of good population and in the age of kali the population all over the world is of a low quality and for want of this purificatory process After the garbhadana purificatory process there are certain other samskaras like simantonayana sadha bhakshanam etc sadha bhakshanam etc during the period of pregnancy and when the child is born the first purificatory process is jatakarma now this was performed duly by maharaja yudhishthira with the help of good and learned brahmanas like dhaumya the royal priest and kripacharya who was not only a priest but also a great general both these learned and perfect priests assisted by other good brahmanas were employed by maharaja yudhishthira to perform the ceremony of jatakarma which has to be performed after the baby is born therefore all the samskaras that is the purificatory processes are not mere formalities or social functions but they are all for practical purposes and can be successfully performed by expert brahmanas like dhaumya and kripa so let us recollect kripacharya uh, is the son of great rishi sarbhan and was born in the family of gautama and this birth is said to be accidental so by chance the great rishi sarbhan Uh, met janapadi a famous society girl of heaven and rishi sardhan discharged the semen in two parts by one part immediately a male child and by the other part a female child was born so they were twins that is kripacharya and kripi 
the male child was known as kripa and the female child was known as kripi maharaja shantanu while engaged in the chase in the jungle picked up these children and brought them up in the up to the brahmanical status by the proper purificatory process kripacharya later became a great general like dronacharya and his sister kripi was married to dronacharya kripacharya later on took part in the battle of kurukshetra and he joined the party of duryodhana and kripacharya helped kill abhimanyu the father of maharaja parikshit but he was still held in esteem by the family of the pandavas due to his being a great brahmana as like like dronacharya so when pandavas were sent to the forest after being defeated in the gambling game with duryodhana dhritarashtra entrusted the pandavas to kripacharya for guidance thus after the end of the battle kripacharya again became a member of the royal assembly and he was called during the maharaja parikshit's birth ceremony for recitation of auspicious vedic hymns to make the ceremony successful maharaja yudhishthira while quitting the palace for his great departure to the himalayas entrusted kripacharya with maharaja parikshit as his disciple and he left home satisfied because of kripacharya taking charge of maharaja parikshit the great administrators that is kings and emperors were always under the guidance of a learned brahman like kripacharya and thus were able to act properly in the discharge of political responsibility so kripacharya was one from the kaurava side who happened to be alive after the battle of kurukshetra text 14 hiranyam gamahi graman hastayashwa dripati varan pradatsvanam cha viprebhyah prajatirthe tatirthavit upon the birth of a son the king who knew how where and when the charity should be given gave gold land villages elephants horses and good food grains to the brahmanas in all the different occasions of samskaras especially during the time of the birth marriage and death wealth is distributed to the brahmanas because brahmanas give the highest quality of service in regard to the prime necessity of the human kind the charity was substantial in the shape of gold land villages horses elephants and food grains with other materials for cooking complete food stuff the brahmanas were therefore not poor in the actual sense of the term on the contrary they possessed gold land villages horses elephants and sufficient grains and they had nothing to earn for themselves they would simply devote themselves to the well-being of the entire society this was in those days the word tirthavit is significant in the shloka because the king knew well where and when charity has to be given this is a very important point where and when the charity has to be given charity is never unproductive or blind in the shastras charity is offered to persons who deserve to accept charity by dint of spiritual engagement and enlightenment so the so called daridra narayana a misconception of the supreme lord by unauthorized persons is never to be found in the shastras as the object of charity nor can a wretched poor man receive such kind of munificent charity in the way of horses elephants land and villages the conclusion is that the intelligent men or the brahmanas specifically engaged in the service of the lord were properly maintained without the anxiety for the needs of the body and the king and other householders gladly looked after all their comforts 
so it is enjoined in the shastras that as long as a child is joined with the mother by a navel pipe the child is considered to be one body with the mother but as soon as this pipe is cut that is the umbilical cord is cut the child is separated from the mother the purificatory process of jata karma is performed the administrative demigods and past forefathers of the family come to see the newborn child and such an occasion is specifically accepted as the proper time for distributing wealth to the right persons productively for the spiritual advancement of the society text 15 tamu chubhramanas dushta rajanam prakshayan vitam ुषी ुरुपर्नेचुर child parikshit was saved by all powerful and all pervasive lord vishnu lord krishna for two reasons the first reason is that the child in the womb of a mother was spotless due to his being a pure devotee of the lord the second reason is that the child was the only surviving male descendant of puru the pious forefather of the virtuous king yudhishthira the The Lord wants to continue the line of pious kings to rule over the earth as his representatives for the actual progress of a peaceful and prosperous life. After the battle of Kurukshetra, even up to the next generation of Maharaja Yudhishthira was annihilated, and there was none who could generate another son in the great royal family. Maharaja Parikshit, the son of Abhimanyu, was the only surviving heir apparent in the family. and by the irresistible supernatural brahmastra weapon of ashwatthama he was forced to be annihilated lord krishna here is described as vishnu and this is also significant lord krishna the original personality of godhead does the work of protection and annihilation in his capacity of vishnu <coughs> lord vishnu is a plenary expansion of lord krishna the all pervasive activities of the lord are executed by him in his vishnu feature Child Parikshit is described here as a spotlessly white because he is an unalloyed devotee of the Lord. Such unalloyed devotees of the Lord appear on the earth just to execute the mission of the Lord. The Lord desires the conditioned souls hovering in the material creation to be reclaimed back, reclaimed to go back back to the godhead and thus he helps them by preparing the transcendental literatures like the vedas by sending missionaries of saints and sages and by deputing his representative the spiritual master such transcendental literatures he can either have the transcendental literature 
he can make use of the missionaries or representatives of the lord so lord uses these to kind of help the material creation people in the material creation to go back or to be reclaimed back to the godhead so therefore in this case uh, uh, parikshit was kind of a, a he was a representative of the god and that's why he was spotlessly white because he was an unalloyed devotee because there was no contamination of material qualities in him so such kind of people are always protected by the lord when they are threatened by annihilation the brahmastra which was thrown by ashwatthama at the child parikshit was certainly supernaturally powerful and nothing of the material world could resist its force of penetration thus all powerful lord who is present everywhere within and without could counteract it by his all powerful potency to save a bona fide servant of the lord and descendant of another devotee maharaja yudhishthira that is another devotee is maharaja yudhishthira who was always obliged by the lord by his causeless mercy text 17 tasma namnam vishnurat iti loke bhavishyati na sandeho mahabhaga mahabhagavato mahan so for this reason this child will be well known in the world as one who is protected by the personality of godhead oh most fortunate one there is no doubt that this child will become a first class devotee and will be qualified with all good qualities so the lord gives protection to all living beings because he is their supreme leader the vedic hymns confirm that the lord is a supreme person among all personalities now the difference between two living beings is that one that is a personality of godhead provides for all other living beings and by knowing him that is by knowing the lord one can achieve eternal peace this is what is said in the katha upanishad such protection is given by his different potencies that is lord's different potencies to different grades of living beings so we'll see here what are the different grades of living beings but as far as his unalloyed devotees are concerned he gives protection personally so when lord is pro- personally protecting somebody that means he is an unalloyed devotee of krishna therefore maharaja parikshit is protected from the very beginning of his appearance in the womb of his mother and because he is especially given protection by the lord the indication must be concluded that the child would be a first grade devotee of the lord with all good qualities see when we buy things we want to go for first grade first grade first quality of provisions first quality of clothes but what is important here is how to become a first grade of a devotee now there are three grades of devotee namely the mahabhagavata madhyama adhikari and kanishta adhikari now those who go to the temples of the lord and offer worshipful respect to the deity without sufficient knowledge in the theological science and therefore without any respect for the devotees of the lord are called materialistic devotees that is the kanishta adhikari majority of people will be kanishta adhikari where they go to temples with a particular uh, uh, you know prayer in mind and uh, they have very less knowledge about the theological sciences so such people come under the category of kanishta adhikari that is they are the third grade devotees secondly the devotees who have developed a mentality of genuine service to the lord 
and who thus make friendships only with similar devotees show favor to the neophytes and avoid atheists are called as the second grade devotees so the second class of people are people who will go to temple and who offer service to the lord and they are less materialistic and they are also very friendly to the other devotees other uh, i mean friendly to the other adiyars so this is the second grade and but the first grade is those who see everything in the lord or everything of the lord and also see in everything an eternal relation of the lord are called as mahabhagavata or the first grade devotees of the lord now such first grade devotees of the lord are perfect in all respects because they they will try to relate everything that they see everything that they uh, you know read everything will be related to the eternal being so this will be their way of thinking they cannot think of anything else other than krishna so such grade of people are the mahabhagavata so one should try and become a mahabhagavata and such first grade devotees of the lord are perfect in all respects a devotee who may be in any of these categories is automatically qualified by all good qualities so thus a mahabhagavata devotee like maharaja parikshit is certainly perfect in all respects and because maharaja parikshit took birth in the family of maharaja yudhishthira he is addressed herein as mahabhagavata that is greatest of the fortunates the family in which mahabhag mahabhagavata takes his birth is also fortunate because due to the birth of the first grade devotee the members of the family that is their past present and future up to 100 generations become liberated by the grace of the lord and this is out of the respect for his beloved devotee the lord grants liberation to up to 100 generations that is the past present and the future therefore the highest benefit is done to one's family simply by becoming an unalloyed devotee of the lord text 18 shri rajo vacha apyesha vanshayan rajarshin punya shlokan mahatmanah anuvartita svidyashasa sadhuvadena sattamah the good king yudhishthira inquired o great souls will he become that is will parikshit become as saintly as a king as pious in his very name and as famous and glorified in his achievements as others who appeared in this great royal family so this is what is asked by yudhishthira the forefathers of king yudhishthira were all great saintly kings pious and glorified by their great achievements they were all saints on the royal throne so therefore all the members of the state were happy pious well behaved prosperous and spiritually enlightened under the strict guidance of the great souls and spiritual injunctions such great saintly kings were trained up and as a result the kingdom was full of saintly persons and was a happy land of spiritual life maharaja yudhishthira was himself a replica of his ancestors and this he decided that the next king after him become exactly like his great forefathers he was happy to learn from the learned brahmanas and that by astrological calculations the child would be born as a first grade devotee of the lord and more confidentially he wanted to know whether the child was going to follow in the footsteps of his great forefathers that is the way of the monarchical state 
the reigning king should be a pious chivalrous devotee of the lord and fear personified for the upstarts he must also leave a higher apparent equally qualified to rule over the innocent citizens in the modern set of democratic states the people themselves are fallen to the quality of you know shudras or lesser than that and government is run by their representative who is ignorant of the scriptural mode of administrative education thus the whole atmosphere is surcharged with low qualities manifested by lust and avarice such administrators quarrel every day among themselves so in anywhere it could be uh, the state or it could be your office environment wherever the administrators are going to be quarreling among themselves now such cabinet of ministers will also keep changing due to party and group selfishness this is what is happening in our day to day lives everyone wants to exploit the state resources till he dies and no one retires from the political life unless forced to do so so there is something called as the retirement age but people don't want to retire at that and they just want to continue working so this is this is again another feature which we see in day to day lives no one retires from the political life unless forced to do so they don't want to give up so how can such low grade men do good to the people so the result is corruption intrigue and hypocrisy they should learn from the shrimad bhagavatam how ideal the administrators must be before they can be given charge of different posts text 19 brahmana urchuhu partha prajavita sakshat dikshva kuriva manavah brahmanyah satya sandascha ramo dashari tirtaya the learned brahmana said o son of pratha this child will be exactly like king ikshvaku that is son of manu in maintaining all those who are born and as for the following the brahmanical principles especially in being true to his promise he shall be exactly exactly like rama the personality of godhead the son of maharaja dasharatha So text 19 Brahmana Urchuhu Partha Prajavita Sakshad Dikshva Kuriva Manavah Brahmanyah Satya Sandascha Ramo Dasharathir Yatha So this was the previous shloka Now here Praja means the living being who has taken his birth in the material world Actually the living being has no birth and no death because but because of his separation from the service of the Lord and due to his desire to lord it over the material nature he is offered a suitable body to satisfy his material desires so based on the material desires we are born in this materialistic world taking a particular form could be human or could be an animal whatever it's based on how much of material desires we have in doing so one becomes conditioned by the laws of the material nature and the material body is changed in terms of one's own work so the living entity thus transmigrates from one body to another in the 84 lakh species of life but due to his being the part and parcel of the lord he not only is maintained with all the necessaries of the life by the lord but also is protected by the lord and his representatives the saintly kings now these saintly kings pro- give protection to all the prajas or the living beings to live and to fulfill their terms of imprisonment so whatever we are serving 
in this world is actually an imprisonment we are serving a term of imprisonment maharaja parikshit was actually an ideal saintly king because while touring his kingdom he happened to see that a poor cow was about to be killed by the personified kali whom he at once took to task as a murderer this means that even the animals were given protection by the saintly administrators not from any sentimental point of view but because those who have taken their birth in the material world have the right to live all the saintly kings beginning from the king of the sun globe down to the king of the earth are so inclined by the influence of the vedic literatures the vedic literatures are taught in higher planets also as there is reference in bhagavad gita 4.1 about the teachings of the sun god vivaswan by the lord so lord had taught bhagavad gita to first the sun god vivaswan so sun god the other name of sun god is vivaswan so lord first taught bhagavad gita to vivaswan and such lessons are transferred by disciplic succession as it was done by the sun god to his son manu and from manu to maharaja ikshvaku now there are 14 manus in one day of brahma and the manu who has been referred in this particular shloka is a seventh manu who is one of the prajapatis prajapatis are the ones who create the progeny and he is the son of the sun god vivaswan so that is why he is known as the vaivasvata manu now he had 10 sons maharaja ikshvaku was one of them that is the vaivasvata manu had 10 sons this vaivasvata manu was the son of vivaswan the sun god so maharaja ikshvaku was one of the 10 sons maharaja ikshvaku also learned the bhakti yoga as taught in bhagavad gita from his father manu that is the vaivasvata manu who got it from his father the vivaswan the sun god later on the teaching of bhagavad gita came down by disciplic succession from maharaja ikshvaku but in course of time this chain got broken by some unscrupulous persons and therefore it was again taught to arjuna on the battlefield of kurukshetra so all the vedic literatures are current from the very beginning of the creation of this material world and thus the vedic literatures are known as aup apaureshya that means apaureshya that means not made by the man so the vedic knowledge which was spoken by the lord and first heard by brahma the first created living being within the universe so which means bhagavad gita would have been spoken from the uh, time of the uh, creation the, the time and the creation actually happened so maharaja ikshvaku he was one of the sons of the vaivasvata manu and he had 100 sons he prohibited meat eating maharaja ikshvaku prohibited meat eating his son shashada became the next king after his death now next is manu the manu mentioned in this verse as the father of ikshvaku is the seventh manu that is the vaivasvata manu the son of the sun god vivaswan to whom lord krishna instructed the teachings of bhagavad gita prior to his teaching them to arjuna now the entire mankind is descendant of manu now let us see who are the 10 sons of vaivasvata manu this is something which you may not be seeing in any other scriptures it's mentioned in shrimad bhagavatam he had 10 sons ikshvaku nabhaga drishta saryati narishyanta nabhaga dishta karusa prasadra and vasuman 
the lord's incarnation matsya that is matsya avatara the gigantic fish was advented during the beginning of the vaivaswata manus reign he learned the principles of bhagavad gita from his father vivaswan the sun god and he reinstructed the same to his son maharaja ikshvaku in the beginning of the treta yuga the sun god instructed the devotional service to manu and manu in his turn instructed it to ikshvaku for the welfare of the whole human society now lord rama was born in this ikshvaku dynasty lord rama that is a supreme personality of godhead incarnated himself as shri rama accepting the sunhood of his pure devotee maharaja dasharatha the king of ayodhya lord rama descended along descended along with his plenary portions and all of them appeared as his younger brothers in the month of chaitra on the ninth day of the growing moon in the treta yuga the lord appeared as usual to establish the principles of religion and to annihilate the disturbing elements when he was just a young boy he helped a great sage vishwamitra by killing subahu and striking maricha and also the she demon tadaka who was disturbing the sages in their discharge daily discharge of duties the brahmanas and kshatriyas are meant to cooperate for the welfare of the mass of people the brahmana sages endure to enlighten the people by perfect knowledge and kshatriyas are meant for their protection Lord Ramachandra is the ideal king for maintaining and protecting the highest culture of humanity known as Brahmanya Dharma. The Lord is specifically the protector of cows and brahmanas and hence he enhances the prosperity of the world the Rama Rajya we all want to have the Rama Rajya. He rewarded the administrative demigods by effective weapons to conquer the demons through the agency of Vishwamitra. He was present in the bow sacrifice of King Janaka and by breaking the invincible bow of Shiva he married Sita Devi daughter of Maharaja Janaka After his marriage he accepted exile in the forest for 14 years by the order of his father Maharaja Dasharatha to help the administration of the demigods he killed 14000 demons and by intrigues of his demons his wife Sita Devi was kidnapped by Ravana He made friendship with Sugriva Lord Rama made friendship with Sugriva who was helped by the Lord to kill Vali the brother of Sugriva and by the help of Lord Rama Sugriva became the king of the Vanaras that is a race of gorillas The Lord built a floating bridge of stones on the Indian Ocean and reached Lanka the kingdom of Ravana who had kidnapped Sita Later on Ravana was killed by him and Ravana's brother Vibhishana was installed on the throne of Lanka. Vibhishana was one of the brothers of Ravana a demon but Lord Rama made him immortal by his blessings. On the expiry of 14 years after settling the affairs at Lanka the Lord came back to his kingdom Ayodhya by flower plane. He instructed his brother Shatrughna to attack to attack Lavanasura who reigned at Mathura and the demon was killed. He performed 10 Ashwamedha sacrifices and later on he disappeared while taking a bath in the Sarayu river. The great epic Ramayana is a history of Lord Rama's activities in the world and the authoritative Ramayana was written by the great poet Valmiki. भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय 
ஓம் நமோ பகவதே வாசுதேவாய நாராயணம் நமஸ்கிருத்தியம் நரம் நரோத்தமம் தேவீம் சரஸ்வதீம் வியாசம் ததோ ஜய முதீரேத் ஹலோ எவ்ரி ஒன் இட்ஸ் பீன் அ வெரி லாங் டைம் லெட்ஸ் ரெஸ்யூம் ஸ்ரீமத் பாகவதம் கேண்டோ ஒன் சாப்டர் டுவெல் வியூ பீன் டூயிங் பர்த் ஆஃப் எம்பரர் பரீக்ஷித் ஸோ வியூ பீன் டாக்கிங் அபவுட் த கிரேட்னஸ் ஆஃப் மகாராஜா பரீக்ஷித் ஹியர் ஸோ வி ஹவ் கம்ப்ளீட்டட் ஃபிஃப்டி டேஸ் அண்ட் டுடே இஸ் டே ஃபிஃப்டி ஒன் அண்ட் வி ஆர் இன் டெக்ஸ்ட் டுவெண்ட்டி ஏஷதாதா ஷரண்யச்சா ஹவுனீஷரிபி யஷோ விதனிதாஸ்வானாஷந்தீர்வஜ்வனாம் திஸ் சைல்ட் தட் இஸ் சைல்ட் பரீக்ஷித் will be a munificent donor of charity and protector of the surrendered like the famous king sibi of the ushinara country and he will expand the name and fame of this family like bharata the son of maharaja dushyanta a king becomes famous by his acts of charity performances of yagyas protection of the surrendered etc a kshatriya king is proud to give protection to the surrendered souls so this attitude of the king is called as ishwara bhava or the factual power to give protection in a righteous cause in bhagavad gita the lord instructs living beings to surrender on to him and he promises all protection the lord is all powerful and true to his word and therefore he never fails to give protection to his different devotees the king being the representative of the lord must possess this attitude of giving protection to the surrendered souls at risk when i say the king it doesn't mean the king it also means an administrator a leader so his duty is to give protection to the all the surrendered souls at all risk maharaja sibi the king of ushinara was an intimate uh, friend of maharaja yayati so we are here we are talking about uh, who this maharaja shibi was and why is there a mention about this king in this shloka so this king maharaja shibi was an intimate friend of maharaja yayati who was able to reach the heavenly planets along with maharaja shibi maharaja shibi was aware of the heavenly planet where he was to be transferred after his death and his description of this heavenly planet is given in mahabharata in adi parva Maharaja Sibi was so charitably disposed that he wanted to give over his acquired position in the heavenly kingdom to Yayati but he did not accept it Yayati went to the heavenly planet along with great rishis like Astaka and others on enquiries from the rishis Yayati gave an account of Sibi's pious acts when all of them were on the path to heaven he was to become a member of the assembly of Yamaraja who has become his worshipful deity as confirmed confirmed in bhagavad gita the worshipper of demigods goes to the planets of demigods yanti deva vrata devan so maharaja sibi has become an associate of the great vaishnava authority yamaraja on that particular planet while he was on the earth he became very famous as a protector of the surrendered souls and a donor of charities the king of heaven once took a shape of a pigeon hunter bird that is eagle and agni the fire god took the shape of a pigeon the pigeon while being chased by the eagle took shelter on the lap of maharaja sibi and the hunter eagle wanted the pigeon back from the king 
the king sibi wanted to give it to some other wanted to give it some other meat to eat and requested this eagle bird not to kill the pigeon the hunter bird that is the eagle refused to accept the king's offer but it was settled later on that the eagle would accept flesh from the body of the king of the pigeon's equal equivalent weight so the king began to cut the flesh from his body to weigh in the balance equivalent to the weight of the pigeon but the mystic pigeon always remained heavier the king then put himself on the balance to equate with the pigeon and the demigods were pleased with him the king of the heaven and the fire god disclosed their identity so the king was blessed by them so devarishi narada has also glorified maharaja sibi for his great achievements especially in charity and protection maharaja sibi sacrificed his own son for the satisfaction of human beings in his kingdom and thus child parikshit was to become a second sibi in charity and protection now there is also a mention of dushyanta bharata here bharata who was a son of dushyanta but there are many bharatas in the history of which bharata that is a brother of there was one bharata who is a brother of lord rama bharata was also the king of sorry son of king rishabha and bharata the son of maharaja dushyant are very famous so we have three bharatas one bharata was brother of lord rama second bharata was son of king rishabha and third bharata was son of maharaja dushyant so all the three are very famous and all these bharatas are historically known to the universe this earth planet is also known as bharata or the bharata varsha due to king bharata the son of rishabha but according to some this land is known as bharata due to the reign of the son of dushyanta so far as we are convinced the land's name bharata varsha was established from the reign of bharata the son of king rishabha before him the land was known as ilavrata varsha but just after the coronation of bharata the son of rishabha this land became famous as bharata varsha but despite all this bharata the son of maharaja dushyant was not less important he is the son of the famous beauty shakuntala maharaja dushyant fell in love with shakuntala in the forest but and bharata was conceived but after that maharaja forgot his wife shakuntala by curse of the kanva muni and the child bharata was brought up in the forest by his mother even in his childhood bharata was so powerful that he challenged the lions and elephants in the forest and would fight with them as little children play with cats and dogs because of the boys becoming so strong more than the so called modern tarzan the rishis in the forest called him sarvadamana or one who is able to control everyone the full description of maharaja bharata is given in mahabharata adi parva the pandavas and the kurus are sometimes addressed as bharata due to being born in the dynasty of maharaja bharata the son of king dushyanta टेक्स्ट 21 धन्विनाम अग्रणी रेश तुल्यश्चार्दुनयोर्द्वयोहो हुताश इव दुर्दर्शः समुद्र इव दुस्तरः 
amongst the great bowmen this child that is parikshit will be as good as arjuna he will be as irresistible as fire and as unsurpassable as the ocean so here we are going to be talking about the greatness of arjuna in the history there are two arjunas one is the kartavirya arjuna the king of haihaya and the other is the grandfather of the child parikshit now both the arjunas are famous for their bowmanship and the child parikshit is foretold to be equal to both of them particularly in fighting a short description of the pandava arjuna is what we are going to see now pandava arjuna now this pandava arjuna is the great hero of bhagavad gita as we are all aware he is a kshatriya son of maharaja pandu queen kunti devi could call for any one of the demigods and thus she called indra and arjuna was born by him arjuna is therefore a plenary part of the heavenly king indra he was born in the month of falguna that is february march this time and therefore he is also called as falguni when he appeared as the son of kunti his future greatness was proclaimed by air messages and all the important personalities from the different parts of the universe such as the demigods the gandharvas the adityas from the sun globe the rudras the vasus the nagas and the different rishis the sages of importance and the apsaras that is the society girls of the heaven all attended the ceremony the apsaras pleased everyone by their heavenly dances and songs Vasudeva the father of Lord Krishna and maternal uncle of Arjuna sent his priest representative Kashyapa to purify Arjuna by all the prescribed samskaras or the reformatory processes his samskara of being given a name was performed in the presence of rishis residents of Satshringa he married four wives that is Arjuna married four wives Draupadi Subhadra Chitrangata and Ulupi and from them he got four sons of names shutakirti from draupadi abhimanyu from shubhadra bhabruvahana from chitrangada and iravan from uh, ulupi respectively so during his student life arjuna was interested to study under the great professor dronacharya along with other pandavas and kurus but he excelled everyone by his studious intensity and dronacharya was especially attracted by his disciplinary affection dronacharya accepted him as the first great scholar and loved heartily to bestow upon him all the blessings of military science he was so ardent a student that he used to practice bowmanship even at night and for all these reasons professor dronacharya was determined to make him the topmost bowman of the world He passed very brilliantly the examination in piercing the target and Dronacharya was very pleased. Royal families at Manipura and Tripura are descendants of Arjuna's son, son Babruvahana. Arjuna saved Dronacharya from the attack of a crocodile and the Acharya being pleased with him rewarded him with a weapon of the name Brahmasiras. Maharaja Drupada was inimical towards Dronacharya. and thus when he attacked the acharya arjuna got him arrested and brought him before dronacharya he besieged a city of the name achitra belonging to maharaja dupada and after taking it over he gave it to dronacharya 
the confidential treatment of the weapon brahmasiras was explained to arjuna and dronacharya was promised by arjuna that he would use the weapon if necessary when dronacharya personally became an enemy of arjuna by this the acharya dronacharya forecasted the future battle of kurukshetra in which dronacharya was on the opposite side becoming an enemy of arjuna maharaja drupada although defeated by arjuna on behalf of his professor dronacharya decided to hand over his daughter draupadi to his young combatant but he was disappointed when he heard the false news of arjuna's death in the fire of the shalak house intrigued by duryodhana he therefore arranged for draupadi's personal selection of a groom that is swayamvara which who would pierce the eye of a fish hanging on the ceiling this trick was especially made because only arjuna could do it and he was successful in his desire to hand over his equally worthy daughter to arjuna arjuna's brothers were at that time living incognito under the agreement with duryodhana and arjuna and his brothers attended the meeting of draupadi swayamvara in the dress of brahmanas when all the kshatriya kings assembled saw that a poor brahmana had been garlanded by draupadi for her lord shri krishna disclosed his identity to balarama arjuna met ulupi at haridwar and he was attracted by a girl belonging to nagaloka and thus iravan was born similarly he met chitrangada the daughter of king of manipura and thus babruvahana was born lord shri krishna made a plan to help arjuna to kidnap subhadra the sister of shri krishna since baladeva was inclined to hand her over to duryodhana yudhishthira also agreed with shri krishna and thus subhadra was taken by force by arjuna and then married to him subhadra's son is abhimanyu the father of parikshit maharaja the posthumous child arjuna satisfied the fire god by setting fire to the khandava forest and thus the fire god gave him one weapon indra was angry when the fire was set in the khandava forest and thus indra assisted by all other demigods began fighting with arjuna for his great challenge they were defeated by arjuna that is indra himself was defeated by arjuna and indra deva returned to his heavenly kingdom arjuna also promised all protection to one mayasura and later presented him one valuable conch shell celebrated as the devadatta this devadatta arjuna's conch shell was given to him by mayasura similarly he received many other valuable weapons from indra deva when he was satisfied to see his chivalry when maharaja yudhishthira was disappointed in defeating the king of magadha jarasandha that is it was arjuna only who gave the king yudhishthira all kind of assurances and thus arjuna bhima and lord krishna started for magadha to kill jarasandha when he went on to bring all other kings of the world under the subjection of the pandavas as usual after the coronation of every emperor he conquered the country named kelinda and brought in the subjugation of king bhagadatta then he traveled through countries like antegiri ulukaputra modapura and brought under subjugation of all the rulers 
Sometimes he underwent severe types of penances and later on he was rewarded by Indra Deva. Lord Shiva also wanted to try the strength of Arjuna and in the form of an abrogine Lord Shiva met him. There was a great fight between the two and at last Lord Shiva was satisfied with him and disclosed his identity. Arjuna prayed to the Lord in all humbleness and Lord Shiva being pleased with him presented him the Pashupata weapon. He acquired many other important weapons from different demigods. He received the Dandastra from Yamaraja, Pasa Astra from Varuna, Antardanastra from Kubera, the treasurer of heavenly kingdom. Indra wanted him to come to the heavenly kingdom, the Indraloka planet beyond the moon planet. In that planet, he was cordially received by the local residents and he was awarded reception in the heavenly parliament of Indra Deva. Then he met Indra Deva, who not only presented him with his Vajra weapon, but also taught him the military and musical science as used in the heavenly planet. In one sense, Indra is the real father of Arjuna and therefore indirectly he wanted to entertain Arjuna with the famous society girl of heaven, Urvashi, the celebrated beauty. The society girls of heaven are lusty and Urvashi was very eager to contact Arjuna, the strongest human being. He met him in his room and expressed her desires. But Arjuna sustained his unimpeachable character by closing his eyes before Urvashi, addressing her as the mother of the Kuru dynasty and placing her in the category of his mothers Kunti, Madri and Sachidevi, the wife of Indradeva. Disappointed, Urvashi cursed Arjuna and left. In the heavenly planet, he also met the great celebrated ascetic Lomasa and prayed to him for the protection of Maharaja Yudhishthira. When his inimical cousin Duryodhana was under the clutches of the Gandharvas, he wanted to save him and requested the Gandharvas to release Duryodhana. But the Gandharvas refused and thus he fought with them and got Duryodhana released. When all the Pandavas lived incognito, he presented himself, that is Arjuna presented himself in the court of King Virata as a eunuch and was employed as a musical teacher of Uttara his future daughter-in-law and was known in the Virata court as Brahannala because he had already learnt music from his father in the Indra Loka he could perform the role of Brahannala very well as Brahannala he fought on behalf of Uttara the king of the son of King Virata and thus defeated the Kurus in the fight incognito one has to understand here that as Brihannala, when Arjuna could defeat all his enemies, the same enemies whom he was meeting in Kurukshetra again, he had defeated them earlier. But when he was meeting them during the battle of Kurukshetra, he felt disappointed and he dropped his Gandiva and thus Bhagavad Gita was born. The same situation, but the Arjuna's behavior was different when he was playing the role of a Brihannala and when he was playing the role as real Arjuna. His secret weapons were safely kept in the custody of a Somi tree and he ordered Uttara to get him back. That is during the battle of uh, you know Brihannala and Uttar fighting Dronacharya, Kripacharya and Bhishma Deva, he ordered Uttar to go and get the weapons which he had hidden. 
Dronacharya was informed of Arjuna's presence in the fight of the Kurus and the Viratas. Later on, the battle of Kurukshetra, Arjuna killed many great generals like Karna and others. After the battle of Kurukshetra, he punished Ashwatthama, who had killed all the five sons of Draupadi, and then all the brothers went to Bhishma Deva. It is due to Arjuna only that the great philosophical discourses of Bhagavad Gita were again spoken by the Lord on the battle of Kurukshetra. His wonderful acts on the battlefield of Kurukshetra are vividly described in Mahabharata. Arjuna was defeated, however, by his son Bahurvahana at Manipura and felt unconscious when Ulupi saved him. After the disappearance of Lord Krishna, the message was brought by Arjuna to Maharaja Yudhishthira. Again Arjuna visited Dwaraka and all the widow wives of Lord Krishna lamented before him. He took all of them in the presence of Vasudeva and pacified all of them and later on when Vasudeva passed away, he performed his funeral ceremony in the absence of Krishna. When Arjuna was taking all the wives of Krishna to Indraprastha, he was attacked on the way and he could not protect the ladies in his custody. At last, advised by Vyasadeva, all the brothers headed for Mahaprasthasana. On the way, at the request of his brother, he gave up all the important weapons as useless and he dropped them all in water. So this is the story of Arjuna. Text 22 Mrigendra iva vikranto nishevyo himavaniva titikshur vasudevasau sahishnuhu pitarariva This child, Parikshit, will be as strong as a lion and as worthy a shelter as the Himalaya mountains. He will be forbearing like the earth and as tolerant as his parents. One is compared to the lion when one is very strong in chasing an enemy. One should be a lamb at home and lion in the chase. The lion never fails in the chase of an animal. Similarly, the head of the state should never fail in chasing an enemy. The Himalaya mountains are famous for all richness. There are innumerable caves to live in, numberless trees of good fruits to eat, good springs to drink water from and profuse drugs and minerals to cure diseases. Any man who is not materially prosperous can take shelter of these great mountains and he will be provided with everything required. Both the materialist and spiritualist can take advantage of the great shelter of the Himalayas. On the surfaces of the earth there are so many disturbances caused by the inhabitants. In the modern age, people have begun to detonate atomic weapons on the surface of the earth. But still the earth is forbearing to the inhabitants, like a mother who excuses a little child. Parents are always tolerant to children for all sorts of mischievous acts. An ideal king may be possessed of all these good qualities and the child Parikshit is foretold to have all these qualities in perfection. Text 23 Pita Mahasamaha Samye Prasade Girishopamaha Ashrayaha Sarvabhutanam Yathadevo Ramashrayaha This child Parikshit will be like his grandfather Yudhishthira or Brahma in equanimity of mind. He will be munificent like the lord of the Kailasha hill, Shiva, and he will be the resort of everyone, 
like the supreme personality of godhead narayana who is even the shelter of the goddess of fortune mental equanimity refers both to maharaja yudhishthira and to brahma the grandfather of all living beings so according to shridhara swami the grandfather referred to is brahma but according to vishwanta chakravarti the grandfather is maharaja yudhishthira himself but in both the cases the comparison is equally good because both of them are recognized representatives of the supreme lord and thus both of them have to maintain mental equanimity being engaged in the welfare work for the living being any responsible executive agent at the top of administration has to tolerate different types of onslaughts from very persons for whom he works let me repeat any responsible executive agent at the top of administration has to tolerate different types of onslaughts from the very persons from whom he works brahma ji was criticized even by the gopis the highest perfectional devotees of the lord the gopis were dissatisfied with the work of brahma ji because lord brahma as creator of this particular universe created eyelids which obstructed their seeing lord krishna they could not tolerate a moment's blinking of the eyes for it kept them from seeing their beloved lord krishna so what to speak of others who are naturally very critical of every action of a responsible man similarly maharaja yudhishthira had to cross over many difficult situations created by his enemies and he proved to be the most perfect maintainer of mental equanimity in all critical circumstances therefore the examples of both grandfathers for maintaining equanimity of mind is quite fitting the next example quoted here is lord shiva lord shiva is a celebrated god who awards gifts to beggars his name is therefore ashutosha or one who is pleased very easily he is also called the bhutanatha or the lord of the common folk who are mainly attached to him because of his munificent gifts even without consideration of the after effects ravana was very attached to lord shiva and by easily pleasing him ravana became so powerful that he wanted to challenge the authority of lord rama of course ravana was never helped by lord shiva when he fought with rama the supreme personality of godhead and the lord of lord shiva to vrikasura lord shiva awarded a benediction which was not only awkward but also disturbing vrikasura became empowered by the grace of lord shiva to vanish to vanish anyone's head simply by touching it although this was awarded by lord shiva the cunning fellow wanted to make an experiment of power by touching the head of lord shiva thus the lord had to take the shelter of vishnu to save himself from trouble and lord vishnu by his illusory potency asked vrikasura to make an experiment with his own head the fellow did it and was finished himself so the world was saved from all sorts of trouble by such a cunning beggar of the demigods the excellent point here is that lord shiva never denies anyone any sort of gift now here the next example is rama that is uh, goddess of fortune and her shelter is lord vishnu lord vishnu is the maintainer of all living beings there are innumerable living beings not only on the surface of the planet but also in other hundreds of thousands of planets 
all of them are provided with all necessities of life for the progressive march towards the end of self realization but on the path of sense gratification they are put into difficulty by the agency of maya the illusory energy and so travel the path of a fa- false plan of economic development such economic development is never successful because it is illusory these men are always after the mercy of illusory goddesses of fortune but they do not know that goddesses of fortune can live only under the protection of vishnu without vishnu the protection of fortune is an illusion we should therefore seek the protection of vishnu instead of indirectly seeking the protection of goddesses of fortune only vishnu and devotees of vishnu can give protection to all and maharaja parikshit was himself protected by vishnu and it was quite possible for him to give complete protection to all who wanted to live under his rule नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय नारायणं नमस्कृत्यं नरं चैव नरोत्तमं देवीं सरस्वतीं व्यासं ततो जय मुदीरये श्रीमद् भागवतं कैंटो 1 चैप्टर 12 टेक्स्ट 24 सर्वसद्गुणमहात्मेष्णमनुव्रत रंती देव इवो दारो यतिरव धाक दिस् चाइल्ड दट इज चाइल्ड परीक्षित विल बी ऑलमोस्ट एज गुड एज लॉर्ड श्री कृष्ण बै फॉलोइंग इन हिस् फुट स्टेप्स इन मेग्नानिमिटी ही विल बिकम एज ग्रेट एज किंग रंती देवा and in religion he will be like maharaja yayati so the last instruction of lord krishna in bhagavad gita is that one should give up everything and should follow in the footsteps of lord alone less intelligent persons do not agree to this great instruction of the law of the lord as ill luck would have it but one who is actually intelligent catches up this sublime instruction and is immensely benefited foolish people do not know that association is the cause of acquiring qualities association is the cause of acquiring qualities association with fire makes an object hot even in the material sense therefore association with the supreme personality of godhead makes one qualified like the lord as we have discussed previously one can achieve 78% of the godly qualities by the lord's intimate association to follow the instructions of the lord is to associate with the lord the lord is not a material object whose presence one has to feel for such association the lord is present everywhere and at all times it is quite possible to have his association simply by following his instruction because the lord and his instruction and the lord and his name fame attributes and paraphernalia are all identical with him being absolute knowledge maharaja parikshit associated with the lord even from the womb of his mother up to the last day of his valuable life and thus he acquired all the essential good qualities of the lord in all perfection there is a mention of a name called ranti deva so who was this ranti deva there was an ancient king prior to mahabharata period referred to 
by narada muni while instructing sanjaya as mentioned in mahabharata in drona parva this ranti deva was a great king liberal for hospitality and distribution of food stuff even lord krishna praised his acts of charity and hospitality he was blessed by great vasishta muni for supplying him cold water and thus he achieved the great heavenly planet he used to supply fruits roots and leaves to the rishis and thus he was blessed by, blessed by them with fulfillment of his desires although a kshatriya by birth he never ate flesh in his life he was especially hospitable to vasishta muni and by his blessings only he attained the higher planetary residence he is one of those pious kings whose names are remembered in the morning and in the evening the next mention is a name called yayati now king yayati he was actually the great emperor of the world and the original forefather of all the great nations of the world who belong to the aryan and indo european stock he is the son of maharaja nahusa and he became the emperor of the world due to his elder brothers becoming a great and liberated saintly mystic He ruled over the world for several thousands of years and performed many sacrifices and pious activities recorded in history although his early youthful days were very lustful and full of romantic stories Yayati fell in love with Devayani the most beloved daughter of Shukracharya who was the guru asura guru Devayani want wished to marry him but at first he refused to accept her because of her being a daughter of a brahmana now according to the shastras a brahmana could only marry the daughter of a brahmana they were very much cautious about this varna sanskara population in the world but shukracharya amended this law of forbidden marriage and he induced emperor yayati to accept devayani now devayani had a girlfriend named sarmishtha who also fell in love with the emperor and thus went with her friend devayani Sukracharya forbade emperor Yayati to call Sarmishta into his bedroom but Yayati could not strictly follow his instruction he secretly married Sarmishta also and begot sons by her when this was known by Devayani he she went to her father and lodged a complaint Yayati was much attracted to Devayani and he when he went to his father-in-law's place to call her Sukracharya was very angry with him and he cursed Yayati to become impotent Yayati begged his father-in-law to withdraw his curse but sage asked Yayati to ask youthfulness from his sons and let them become old as a condition of his becoming potent now Yayati had no option Yayati had five sons two from Devayani and three from Sarmishta from his five sons namely Yadu Durvasu Druhyu Anu and Puru we had five famous dynasties namely the yadu dynasty the yavana dynasty that is from turk the turk dynasty from turvasu the bhoja dynasty from druhyu the mlecha dynasty which is the greek dynasty from anu and the paurava dynasty from puru all emanated to spread all over the world he reached the heavenly planets by dint of his pious acts but he fell down from there because of his self advertisement and criticizing other great souls after his fall 
his daughter and grandson bestowed upon him their accumulated virtues and by the help of his grandson and friend sibi he was again promoted to the heavenly kingdom becoming one of the assembly members of yamaraja with whom he is staying as a devotee he performed more than 1000 different sacrifices gave in charity very liberally and was a very influential king his majestic power was felt all over the world his youngest son that is puru agreed to award him his youthfulness when he was troubled with lustful desires even for 1000 years so puru gave his youth to his father king yayati finally yayati became detached from worldly life and returned the youthfulness again back to his son puru he wanted to hand over the kingdom to puru but his noblemen and subjects did not agree but when he explained to his subjects the greatness of puru they agreed to accept puru as the king and the emperor yayati retired from family life and left home for the forest ஸ்வமேதான Now there is a mention of Bali Maharaja here. Bali Maharaja was one of the 12 authorities in the devotional service of Lord. Bali Maharaja is a great authority in devotional service because he sacrificed everything to please the Lord and relinquished the connection of his so-called spiritual master again Sukracharya who obstructed him on the path of risking everything. for the service of the lord so here in this shloka there is mention of bali maharaja and prakhlad maharaja now bali maharaja gave up his connection with his own guru sukracharya and prakhlad maharaja gave up his connection with his own father because he was an impediment in his devotional path of life so both of these people have been quoted as an examples here so <clears throat> The highest perfection of religious life is to attain the stage of unqualified devotional service of the Lord without any cause or without being obstructed by any kind of worldly obligation. Bali Maharaja was determined to give up everything for the satisfaction of the Lord and he did not care for any obstruction whatsoever from whomever it was whether it was his guru or whoever. So he is the grandson of Prakhlad Maharaja. So Bali Maharaja was the grandson of Prakhlad Maharaja, another authority in the devotional service of the Lord. The Bali Maharaja and history of his dealings with Vishnu Vamana Deva have been described in 8th canto of Shrimad Bhagavatam which we will be hopefully seeing. Prakhlad Maharaja, he was also a perfect devotee of Lord Krishna that is Vishnu. His father Hiranyakashipu chastised him severely when he was only 5 years old. for his becoming an unalloyed devotee of the lord he was the first son of hiranyakashipu and his mother's name was kayatu prakhlad maharaja was an authority in devotional service of the lord because he had his father killed by lord rasimha deva setting an example that even a father should be removed from the path of devotional service if such a father happens to be an obstacle now he had four sons 
the eldest son virochana is the father of bali maharaja praklada had four sons his eldest son's name was virochana who was also who was the father of bali maharaja now history of praklada maharaja's activities is described in seventh canto of shrimad bhagavatam text 26 ராஜக்ஷீனாஜனிதாஸ்தோத்பிரீஜன்ஸ் there are different types of wise men for different branches of knowledge so unless therefore the king or the head of the state is the wisest man he cannot control all types of wise men in the state in the line of royal succession in the family of maharaja yudhishthira all the kings without exception were the wisest men of their times and so also it's foretold about maharaja parikshit and his son maharaja janamejaya who's yet to be born Such wise kings can become chastisers of upstarts and uprooters of kali or the quarrelsome elements as will be clear in the chapters ahead maharaja parikshit wanted to kill the personified kali who was attempting to kill a cow which is the emblem of peace and religion now the symptoms of kali are number 1 wine number 2 women number 3 gambling number 4 slaughter houses wise rulers of all states should take lessons from maharaja parikshit in how to maintain peace and morality by subduing the upstarts and quarrelsome people who indulge in wine illicit connection with women gambling and meat eating supplied by regularly maintained slaughter houses in this age of kali regular license is issued for maintaining all these different departments of quarrel so how can they expect peace and morality in the state The state fathers therefore must follow the principles of becoming wiser by devotion to the Lord and by chastising the breaker of discipline and by uprooting the symptoms of quarrel as mentioned above. If we want blazing fire we must use dry fuel. Blazing fire and moist fuel go ill together. Peace and morality can prosper only by the principles of Maharaja Parikshit and his followers. Text 27 Takshakadatmano mrityum Dvijaputropasarjitat Prapatyasta upashrutya Muktasangaha padamhare After hearing about his death, that is death of Parikshit, which will be caused by the bite of a snake bird sent by the son of a brahmana, he will get himself freed from all material attachment that is parikshit will get himself freed from all the material attachment and surrender onto the personality of godhead taking shelter of him material attachment and taking shelter of the lotus feet of the lord go will together material attachment means ignorance of transcendental happiness under the shelter of the lord Devotional service to Lord while existing in the material world is a way to practice one's transcendental relation with the Lord and when it is matured one gets completely free from all material attachment and becomes competent to go back home that is back to godhead 
Maharaja Parikshit being especially attached to the Lord from the beginning of his body in the womb of his mother was continuously under the shelter of the Lord and the so called warning of his death within 7 days from the death from the date of the curse of the brahmana's son was a boon to him to enable him to prepare himself to go back home back to godhead since he was always protected by the lord he could have avoided the effect of such a curse by the grace of the lord but he did not take such undue advantage of nothing for nothing rather he made the best use of a bad bargain for 7 days continuously he heard shrimad bhagavatam from the right source and thus he got shelter at the lotus feet of the lord by that opportunity so we could also do that you know trying to make the best use of the bad bargain currently there is this menace of covid 19 which is a bad bargain but we could use the best use of this bad ga- bargain by continuously hearing to religious scriptures especially shrimad bhagavatam from the right source and thus can get shelter at the lotus feet of the lord by that opportunity text 28 jigyasitatmathartathyoho munirvaryasasutadasau hitvedam dripagangayam yasthya adhakuto bhayam after inquiring about proper self knowledge from the son of the vyasa deva who will be a great philosopher he will renounce that is parikshit will renounce all material attachment and achieve a life of fearlessness material knowledge means ignorance of knowledge of one's own self philosophy means to seek after the right knowledge of one's own self or the knowledge of self realization without self realization Philosophy is dry speculation or a waste of time and energy. Shrimad Bhagavatam gives the right knowledge of one's own self and by hearing Shrimad Bhagavatam one can get free from material attachment and enter into the kingdom of fearlessness. This material world is fearfulness. Its prisoners are always fearful as within a prison house. In the prison house no one can violate the jail rules and regulations and violating the rules means another term of extension of prison life similarly we in this material existence are always fearful this fearfulness is called anxiety everyone in the material life in all species and varieties of life is full of anxiety and either by breaking or without breaking the laws of nature liberation or mukti means getting relief from these constant anxieties this is possible only when the anxiety is changed to the devotional service of the lord shrimad bhagavatam gives us the chance to change the quality of anxiety from matter to spirit this is done in association of a learned philosopher like the self realized sukadeva goswami the great son of shri vyasadeva maharaja parikshit after receiving warning of his death took advantage of this opportunity by association with sukhadeva goswami and achieved the desired result text 29 iti ragya upadishya viprajataka kovidaha labdha pachitayah sarve pratijagmuhu svakangrahan thus those who are expert in astrological knowledge 
and in the performance of birth ceremony instructed king yudhishthira about the future history of his child and being sumptuously remunerated they all returned to their respective homes so these were the predictions which were ma- which were done by the astrologers who were present there and since human life is the opportunity to get free from all material desires it is properly guided by the knowledge of vedas and in the matters of both material needs and spiritual salvation the specific intelligent class of men who were devoted particularly to the knowledge of vedas are called as vipras or the graduates of the vedic knowledge now there are different branches of the knowledge in the vedas in which astrology and pathology are also two important branches necessary for a common man so the intelligent men generally known as the brahmanas took up all the different branches of the vedic knowledge to guide the society so even in the department of military education that is the dhanur veda was also taken up by such intelligent men and the vipras were also teachers of this section of knowledge as were this dronacharya kripacharya etc the word vipra mentioned in the shloka is very significant there is little difference between the vipras and the brahmanas the vipras are those who are expert in karma kanda or the furtive activities guiding the society towards fulfilling the material necessities of life whereas the brahmanas are expert in spiritual knowledge of transcendence this department of knowledge is called as jnana kanda and above this there is upasana kanda amongst the karma kanda experts the jataka expert vipras were good astrologers who could tell all the future history of a born child simply by the astral calculations of the time that is the lagna such expert jataka vipras were present during the birth of maharaja parikshit and his grandfather maharaja yudhishthira awarded the vipras sufficiently with gold land villages grains and other valuable necessaries of life which also included cows text 30 sa esha loke vikyatah parikshiditi yat prabhuhu purvam drishtamanudhyayan parikshet nareshvih nareshvih as his son would become famous in the world as parikshit because he would come to examine all human beings in his search after that personality whom he saw before his birth thus he could come to constantly contemplate him maharaja parikshit fortunate as he was got the impression of the lord even in the womb of his mother and thus his contemplation on the lord was constantly with him once the impression of the transcendental form of the lord is fixed in one's mind one can never forget him in any circumstance child parikshit after coming out of the womb was in the habit of examining everyone to see whether he was the same personality whom he first saw in the womb but no one could be equal to that or more attractive than the lord and therefore he never accepted anyone but the lord was constantly with him by such examination and thus maharaja parikshit was always engaged in the devotional service of the lord by remembrance one may not be as fortunate as maharaja parikshit to have the opportunity to see the lord in the womb of his mother but even if he is not so fortunate he can be made so if the parents of the child desire him to be so text 31 sa raja putro vavrudhe 
ஆசுசுக்ல இவோடுபக ஆபூர்யமான பித்ருபிஹி காஷாபீரிவ சோன்வஹம் As the moon in its waxing fortnight develops day after day so the royal prince Parikshit very soon developed luxuriantly under the care and full facilities of his guardian grandfathers Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya ஓம் நமோ பகவதேவாசுதேவாய ஓம் நமோ பகவதேவாசுதேவாய நாராயணம் நமஸ்கிருத்தியம் நரம் நரோத்தமம் தேவீம் சரஸ்வதீம் வியாசம் ததோ ஜய முதீரையே ஸோ வி ஆர் டூயிங் ஸ்ரீமத் பாகவதம் கேன்டு ஒன் சாப்டர் டுவெல் வி ஆர் டெக்ஸ்ட் தேர்ட்டி டூ வி ஆர் டூயிங் பர்த் ஆஃப் எம்பர பரீட்சித் ஜிஹாசையாசையாசையாசையாசையாசையாசையாசையாசையாசையாசையாசையாசையாசையாசையாசையாசையாசையாசையாசையாசையாசையாசையாசையாசையாசையாசையாசையாசையாசையாசையா
This peak of gold is somewhere in the Himalaya mountains and modern adventurers may try to find it there. He was so powerful an emperor that at the day's end of sacrifice the demigods from other planets like Indra, Chandra and Brahaspati used to visit his palace. And because he had the gold peak at his disposal that is Maharaja Maruta had this gold peak at his disposal he had sufficient gold in his possession. Now the canopy of the sacrificial altar was completely made of gold. So in his daily performances of the sacrificial ceremonies some of the inhabitants of Vayu Loka were invited to expedite the cooking work for the ceremony and the assembly of the demigods in the ceremony was led by Vishwadeva. By his constant pious work Maruta was able to drive out all kinds of diseases from the jurisdiction of his kingdom. All the inhabitants of higher planets like Devaloka and Pitraloka were pleased with him for his great sacrificial ceremonies. Every day he used to give in charity to the learned brahmanas such things as bedding, seeds, conveyance and sufficient quantities of gold. And because of the munificent charities and performances of innumerable sacrifices, the king of heaven Indradeva was fully satisfied with him and always wished for his welfare. So due to his pious activities, Maruta remained a young man throughout his life and he reigned over the world for 1000 years, surrounded by his satisfied subjects, ministers, legitimate wife, sons and brothers. So even Lord Krishna was, pray- was very happy with him and he praised his spirit of pious activities. He handed over his only daughter to Maharishi Angira and by his good blessings he was elevated to the kingdom of heaven. So the success of particular type of sacrifice completely depends on the priest in charge. So because first of all he wanted that is Maruta wanted to offer the priesthood of his sacrifices to the learned Brahaspati. But demigod refused to accept the post because of a king being a human being, a man on his earth. He was very sorry for this and but on the advice of Narada Muni, he appointed Samvarta to the post and he was successful in his mission. Because Brahaspati refused to be his priest, he appointed his own brother Samvarta for this post and he was successful in his mission. So therefore, success of a particular type of sacrifice completely depends upon the priest who is in charge of that. And in this age of Kali, all kind of sacrifices are forbidden because there are no learned priests amongst the so-called Brahmanas who go by the false notion of becoming sons of Brahmanas without Brahmanical qualifications. So in this age of Kali, practically it is not possible for us to do such big sacrifices. So therefore, the only uh, sacrifice or only Yajna which is possible in this quarrelsome age of Kali is Sankirtana Yajna. Sankirtanam means Nama Sankirtanam chanting the name of Lord. So that is the only yajna which is possible in Kali and that is what we all should be doing. Text 34 Tena samrita sambharo dharma putro yudhishthiraha vaji medhai stribhir bito yajnaihi samayajdharim By those riches, the king could procure the ingredients for three horse sacrifices. So after uh, taking over this mountain heap of gold from 
king maruta what was left behind by king maruta the king should that is king yudhishthira could procure the ingredients for three horse sacrifices thus the pious king yudhishthira was very fearful after the battle of kurukshetra pleased lord hari the personality of godhead now maharaja yudhishthira was the ideal and celebrated pious king of the world but still he was greatly afraid after execution of the battle of kurukshetra because of the mass killing in the fight and all of which was done only to install him on the throne he therefore took all the responsibility for sins committed in the warfare and to get rid of all these sins he wanted to perform three sacrifices in which horses are offered at the altar such a sacrifice is very costly even maharaja yudhishthira had to collect the necessary heaps of gold left by maharaja maruta and the brahmanas who were given gold in charity by king maruta the learned brahmanas could not take away all the loads of gold given by maharaja maruta and therefore they left behind the major portion of the gift and maharaja maruta also did not again collect such heaps of gold given away in charity besides that all the golden plates and utensils which were used in the sacrifice were also thrown in the dustbins and all such heaps of gold remained unclaimed property for a long time till maharaja yudhishthira collected them for his own purpose lord shri krishna advised the brothers of maharaja yudhishthira to collect the unclaimed property because it belonged to the king as the more astonishing thing is that no subject of the state also collected such unclaimed gold for industrial enterprise or anything like that this means that the state citizens were completely satisfied with all necessities of life and therefore not inclined to accept unnecessary productive enterprises for sense gratification so this was the real uh, state of the society then maharaja yudhishthira also requisition the heaps of gold for performing sacrifices and for pleasing supreme hari the personality of godhead otherwise he had no desire to collect them for the state treasury so even yudhishthira's aim to collect all the gold was not for his treasury but to please lord krishna uh, you doing all the sacrifices that he intended to do so one should take lessons from the acts of maharaja yudhishthira he was afraid of sins committed on the battlefield and therefore he wanted to satisfy the supreme authority this indicates that unintentional sins are also committed in our daily occupational discharge of duties and to counteract even such unintentional crimes one must perform sacrifices as they are recommended in the revealed scriptures the lord says in bhagavad gita yagyarthat karmano nyatra loko yam karma bandhanaha that one must perform sacrifices recommended in the scriptures in order to get rid of commitments of all unauthorized work or even unintentional crimes which we are apt to commit so by doing so one shall be freed from all kind of sins and those who do not do so but work for self interest or sense gratification have to undergo all tribulations accrued from committed sins so how do we escape from the sins that we unintentionally commit in our day to day lives the only way is to wash our sins daily by the nama sankirtanam which is what is prescribed for this age of kali therefore the main purpose of performing sacrifices is to satisfy the supreme personality hari 
the process of performing sacrifices may be different in terms of different times places and persons but the aim of such sacrifice is one and the same at all times and in all circumstances that is satisfaction of the supreme lord hari so whatever we do in those days there were horse sacrifices but in these days we cannot do these so the aim here is to please the lord that is only thing so we need to do things that will keep lord happy so that is the way of pious life and that is the way of peace and prosperity in the world at large maharaja yudhishthira did all these as the ideal pious king in the world so if maharaja yudhishthira is a sinner in his daily discharge of duties in royal administration of state affairs where killing of man and animals is a recognized art then we can just imagine the amount of sins committed consciously and unconsciously by the untrained population of kaliyuga who have no way to perform sacrifice to please the supreme lord so the bhagavatam says the prime duty of a human being is to satisfy supreme lord by the performance of one's occupational duty whatever is our swadharma we just need to keep doing that let any man of any place or community caste or creed be engaged in any sort of occupational duty but he must agree to perform sacrifices as it is recommended in the scriptures for the particular place time and person in the vedic literatures it is recommended that in kaliyuga people engage in glorifying the lord by chanting the holy name of krishna kirtanat eva krishnasya mukta sangha param vrajet without offense by doing so one can be freed from all sins and thus can attain the highest perfection of life by returning home back to godhead so maharaja yudhishthira had to collect heaps of gold to secure the paraphernalia for the host sacrifice yagyas in the days of sufficiency so we can hardly think of such performance of yagyas in these days of insufficiency and complete scarcity of gold ாமன After that for the pleasure of the relatives the lord remained there for a few months Lord Shri Krishna was invited by Maharaja Yudhishthira to look into the supervision of the performances of yagya and the lord to abide by the orders of his elderly cousin caused the performance of yagyas by twice born learned twice born brahmanas so simply taking birth in the family of brahmana does not make one qualified to perform the yagyas one must be twice born by proper training and initiation from the bona fide acharya text 36 tatho ragyapyanugyatah krishnaya sahabandhubih yayau dwaravatim brahmam sarjuno yadubhivritah so saunaka thereafter the lord having bade farewell to king yudhishthira draupadi and other relatives started for the city of dwaraka 
accompanied by Arjuna and other members of the Yadu dynasty. Thus, we end the first canto, 12th chapter of Srimad Bhagavatam entitled Birth of Emperor Parikshit. Now, the next chapter will be Dhritarashtra quits home. This is chapter 13. So, here we will be seeing how Dhritarashtra and Gandhari start for their Vanaprastha ashram from Hastinapura. This is going to be the next chapter. Thank you.